0: section 65 of irish fairy tales by james stevens becuma of the white skin chapter 5 this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by joan Windle, hampshire illinois irish fairy tales by james stevens the High King did not know exactly where he should look for such a savior, but he was well educated and knew how to look for whatever was lacking. This knowledge will be useful to those upon whom a similar duty should ever devolve. He went to ben He stepped into a coracle and pushed out to the deep, and he permitted the coracle to go as the winds and waves directed it. In such a way he voyaged among the small islands of the sea until he lost all knowledge of his course and was adrift far out in the ocean. He was under the guidance of the stars and the great luminaries. He saw black seals that stared and barked and dived dancingly, with the round turn of a bow and the forward onset of an arrow. Great whales came heaving from the green-hued void, blowing a wave of the sea high into the air from their noses, and smacking their wide, flat tails thunderously on the water. Porpoises went snorting past in bands and clans. Small fish came sliding and flickering, and all the outlandish creatures of the deep rose by his bobbing craft, and swirled and sped away wild storms howled by him, so that the boat climbed painfully to the sky on a mile-high wave, balanced for a tense moment on its level top, and sped down the glassy side as a stone goes furiously from a sling. Or again, caught in the chop of a broken sea, it stayed shuddering and backing, while above his head there was only a low sad sky, and around him the lap and wash of grey waves that were never the same and were never different. After long staring on the hungry nothingness of air and water, he would stare on the skin-stretched fabric of his boat as on a strangeness, or he would examine his hands and the texture of his skin and the stiff black hairs that grew behind his knuckles and sprouted around his ring. And he found in these, after long staring on the hungry nothingness of air and water, He would stare on the skin-stretched fabric of his boat, as on a strangeness, or he would examine his hands and the texture of his skin and the stiff black hairs that grew behind his knuckles and sprouted around his ring, and he found in these things newness and wonder. Then when days of storm had passed the low gray cloud shivered and cracked in a thousand places, each grim islet went scudding to the horizon as though terrified by some great breadth and when they had passed he stared into vast after vast of blue infinity in the depths of which his eyes stayed and could not pierce, and wherefrom they could scarcely be withdrawn. A sun beamed thence that filled the air with sparkle and the sea with a thousand lights, and looking on these he was reminded of his home at Tara, of the columns of white and yellow bronze that blazed out sunnily on the sun and the red and white and yellow painted roofs that beamed at and astonished the eye. Sailing thus, lost in a succession of days and nights, of winds and calms, he came at last to an island. His back was turned to it, and long before he saw it he smelled it, and wondered, for he had been sitting as in a daze, musing on a change that had seemed to come in his changeless world, and for a long time he could not tell what that was which made a difference on the salt-whipped wind, or why he should be excited, for suddenly he had become excited, and his heart leaped in violent expectation. "'It is an October smell,' he said. "'It is apples that I smell.' He turned then and saw the island, fragrant with apple-trees, sweet with wells of wine, and, hearkening towards the shore, his ears, dulled yet with the unending rhythms of the sea, distinguished and were filled with song, for the isle was, as it were, a nest of birds, and they sang joyously, sweetly, triumphantly. He landed on that lovely island, and went forward under the darting birds, under the apple-boughs, skirting fragrant lakes, about which were woods of the sacred hazel, and into which the nuts of knowledge fell and swam. And he blessed the gods of his people, because of the ground that did not shiver, and because of the deeply rooted trees that could not gad or budge. End of chapter 5